Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speak Aloud podcast. Appreciate you being here today. Hey, as you well know, uh, hopefully well know by now, we are doing a, a series of, uh, of interviews and conversations with those in the speaking industry, just talking about how they are dealing with and approaching and thinking about uh, this, uh, this weird COVID world that we're in right now. So today we have uh, one of my favorite conversations we've had of the series so far. Uh, today we're talking with uh, my buddy Scott Stratton. We've had Scott on the podcast uh, several times. And uh, today we are going to be talking about how he kind of sees about the, the future of speaking. Scott is a, a very high paid, uh, well-known keynote speaker. Uh, the majority of his business is all in uh, keynote speaking. So this has dramatically affected him. So he talks about you know how, how he's thinking about it, how he's approaching it, how their family's thinking about it, uh, what he sees the future of speaking look like, uh, how it's affecting their own business and and uh, changes that he's making, thinking about it both in the short term and long term. So some really, really great thoughts here from, uh, from Scott. He just, uh, as always, is very genuine and authentic as um, uh, some great insights. So uh, let's jump into this conversation with Scott Stratton. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. We hope you're doing well wherever you are in the world. Hope you're hanging in there. Uh, today, we're joined by my friend, Mr. Scott Stratton, and we're going to be talking about his views on the world of speaking. We've been having a, a lot of these conversations. If you've been following along uh, with different speakers and those in the speaking industry, just hearing uh, kind of how they're adapting to this, how they're thinking about it, how they're approaching it, what the long-term perspective looks like in the speaking industry. Scott uh, has been in the speaking game for a long time. He's been on the podcast numerous times, friend of the program, and uh, I'm sure what we're going to get today is going to be fascinating. So uh, just looking here at the contrast of how much hair one of us has to the other here is striking. <laughs> one, well, you can do a quarantine one way or you can do it another way. <laughs> and that's we're pretty much the examples of both of those. Yes. I hear uh, I've seen uh, seen and talked to a couple different speakers who are saying, I don't have any gigs for a while. This is a chance for me to kind of experiment, maybe grow it out, shave it, cut it down. Yeah. So uh, I think you and I are still kind of par for the course of what we would normally do. This is my natural state. Yeah. It's like people are like, oh, the, your beard's going to grow your hair. I'm like, yeah, that's me normally. It's uh, like, this isn't, this isn't planned. This is just lack of initiative to cut things. And this so just, you know, this is just a Thursday. This so. is really, it is a Thursday. <laughs> right. Now we were, uh, we were talking uh, right before we went live here. I asked you, uh, ask you how you're doing. Uh, so Scott, I'll, 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 I'll open the can of worms. How you doing, man? As, as, as I, I, I try to say this as kind as I can, because we're going to, how the heck do you think I'm doing? Like it's <laughs> people, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, do you just, do you have to say all things considered at this point? Like, it's just sure. like, no matter what, when people say, how are you doing? We're assuming you're just, you know, uh, other than what's happening in this world. You're like, well, you know, you just, I, I, you know, it, it's wow, man. It, it's, um, <laughs> It's a, it's a different world. It's a, something that, um, you know, I never thought that 
my identity professionally uh, would disappear, yeah. you know, uh, for whatever amount of time, you know, that'll eventually be. But, you know, you, uh, that's one of the things that, you know, I, I know you've said it in the past and I've said it in the past that one of the things about speaking is that isn't really supposed to be the profession necessarily. You're an expert who speaks, you know, that's sure. who gets booked is, is right. the people. So this is the time for the expertise to be shown in, in other ways. It's also the best way to, and I know it's, it's, it's in your, your awesome book as well about you're building a platform, you're building a following and, 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 sure. and the gig is of course the, the, the payoff, the victory, right. especially for people like you and I, that that's where I thrive, but that isn't everything. So that part, has gone away and it's certainly greatly upsetting and um you know sorry my my of course my facetime is going off right now so excuse me you can you can you can hear me okay still yeah yeah yeah. yeah. all right good well because my phone's ringing in my ear i apologize for that um like to that to that end though do you feel like you know because you are someone who um you know we've talked about there's a there's a bunch of different speaking business models there's people that do a handful of gigs and do numerous other things those that do a lot of gigs and nothing else you're definitely in the latter of like you you i just want to do keynotes i don't you know do some books i do a podcast i do some other stuff but like the keynote is what i live for so do you feel like i mean do you feel like in some ways like you're like there's a I don't know. Like, I don't want to make this sound hokey, but like, do you feel like you're, you're you've lost part of your identity, or you feel like you're 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 missing something right now, or like, where where's your headspace at right now? Yes, <laughs> to all of the above, what you said. I, yeah. I, I, it's actually like it's. Um, there's look, for, this is all in context too, because sure. um, uh, uh, outside of us talking about speaking, there there are there are you know bigger issues in the world than whether Scott's going to be on stage or any of us are going to be on stage. There's a human you know, core element to all of this, but speaking about speaking, yeah. um, and, and keeping that in perspective. Um, yeah, I, 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 I grieved last week. I was, I was really up, got to a point where I realized, okay, I don't have to be a speaker. If, if, you know, uh, that's my definition of my success. You know, success is, is our, our family, our, 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 you know, we have, a, we have a, a shelter, we have a home, we have this and, and all of those things are, um, part that makes me Scott. And the problem is, you know, because of my positioning in the industry and the fact of, you know, I've done 500 keynotes in, in 10 years yeah. that that was so it, you couldn't, you can't help that being part of your identity, but it's actually the things that you don't think about, or even the annoyances that you miss right now, just like everybody else outside of speaking. It's those small things. Like right. I, I miss the way too early AV check. Right. You know, I, I missed the 7 a.m. AV check for a 4 p.m. keynote, you know, right, and right. all the things I used to complain about the pre-conference call where nothing really right. gets said. That's interesting or all those things, you know, that those are the parts I miss. Obviously, the, the stage is my is my home. Right. I'm a performer. I, the stage is my home. And all of us in performance, let alone just speaking, are 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 hurting on that side, especially the creatives, because that's your outlet. Yeah. Um, but the issue is looking at my world because speaking and i'm sorry just going off a tangent here but this is kind of there's an important sectioning of the industry that you know i i I honestly think that that my version of keynotes which is the big conferences the big annual expos like part associations and brands but the big things they do which is where i go speak are gone and are gone for a long time like i think those type of keynotes my world is gone um, and it'll be the second last industry to recover, and the, uh, because the last industry I think will be cruises that'll, that that to recover in all this. But the second last are going to be these large, incredibly large gatherings, and that's that's because you're seeing that with sports and with concerts. And, and what's going to happen with this? I am not a, a a doctor, nor do I play one on TV. 
but reading all the stuff. I've been nonstop for a month talking to people in the industry and yeah. from venues to to medical professionals to speakers to bureaus. Yeah. And what we're what I what I think is going to happen with all of this when you look at all the patterns and all the models is that the last thing to come back will be this will this will be gradual coming back. Sure. And they're still going to ban the, these bigger gatherings for a long time. Now that doesn't say people won't be able to speak at it. And if your if your bread and butter are workshops, if your bread and butter are uh, leadership meetings, gatherings, retreats, smaller gatherings, that's different. That might come back for. It. But for me, the big the big kind of marquee keynotes that um, my whole life has been based on. I don't. I, I'm looking into well into 2021 where I'm going to see any traction of that coming back. And, and, and this is it's not an alarmist thing. It, it's 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 planning for the worst and hoping for the best because there's another phase to this as well. Because all of my gigs that I had that were in 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 March and April, all the spring ones coming into the summer, they've all been rebooked for the fall. Yeah, though <clears throat> they won't happen in the fall. That's the thing. And people are like, well, it's encouraging the rebooking. I'm like, with based on what data? They're yeah. just bumping because what's happening is they're bumping because then they're enacting um, um, the clause in the contract of uh, you know the the acts of God uh, you know clause where they can bump it if it can be an agreeable date. So everybody's like, yeah, we can agree. We're all scrambling. But not one person is looking at it saying, you know, I, I don't mean not one person, but people aren't looking at it saying, oh, you know, what happens when those get rescheduled again or those get canceled? You got right. money tied up in speaking bureaus that are being held. You got speakers who have, like myself, six figures in gigs canceled in, in the past couple of weeks that the, that money is, is kind of sitting there in escrow. Yeah. And it's a really crazy time. And I, I just think that we need to be honest about it, that. This is the time, and I'll, not all, I'm not saying rush to the webinars, rush to the virtual things, all because putting out a, a a substandard product virtually will hurt your in-person speaking down the road. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, we have a new normal right now, and nobody will tell us how long that normal is, nor do we know what the normal will be when all this is quote said and done. Yeah. And, so and that's where I'm looking. Well, I mean, to that end, like you. Um, again, like you said, nobody has any idea how this is going to play out. Is this going to be months? Is this going to be through the rest of the year? I know, uh, you know, we've had a lot of, of public and private conversations uh, with other speakers and those in the industry and everyone's kind of got their, you know, their guess. Everyone's kind of making their best guess at this point of, of what's going to happen and how this is going to play out. And like you said, I think it's certainly going to have um, some long-term implications because even if, you know, whoever makes the decision and decides like, all right, we're back, continue. I think everyone's going to be like, are we... Are we sure? Like, I mean, exactly. I, I even, wanna, even, I yeah. Someone, but I don't. Are we sure? Like, are we sure well, about it, this? You know? Because also, what, what we haven't seen yet are going to be the. Uh, I will if if Vegas was open right now, I would put all my money on 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 the lawsuits coming out at events. Okay. Yeah. Because of large events were some of the first. Uh, uh, things that started spreading. They pinpointed the events and there's one in Boston, there's one in San Francisco, there's two in Vegas that are like, these are people came internationally to hear, got it. And do you not think those events are going to get sued? Yeah. Right. That's going to be the problem. And the, that's it because that those lawsuits then affect insurance. No events are being insured right now. There's no way an event's being insured right now. Insurance companies are, of course, scrambling themselves unless you only sell car insurance and you're making a killing right now because nobody's driving. But the event insurance is a huge cost to things, right? Yeah. And, and, and so that's a whole part. We have associations that won't survive this because of the money that was tied up within their event cancellation. And if that hotel doesn't work with them and the members insist on their registration fees back, there is a deficit there in the middle 
that cannot be there's not there's no endless pit of money for, so gone usually pretty much uh, very tight b budgets as it is and, and we have to realize that some of those also may be gone and it's I don't want to come off as this doom and gloom thing. I want to come off as a, as a realist in this saying that speaking is one of our ways that we can make a living, right. but understanding right now that we have to do other things, acting as if that part, if big conferences are your thing, will not be back for at least the the, the near future. So I've heard from uh, from several different speakers who, like yourself, they a, a big part of their business is speaking at big conferences, big conventions, big association events. And again, it's kind of, TBD when, if, or when those are going to come back. Uh, and so I've heard from some speakers that initially are kind of like, eh, I'll just kind of write it out. It is what it is. You know, it, either this will pass or I will pass type of thing. Uh, and others who are like from day one going, nope, we got to like pivot. We got to, you know, change whether it's, it's a virtual thing or I got to work on a different, you know, uh, online product or whatever it may be. Where's your head at currently as far as um, because so much of your business is a live in-person big keynote, are you trying to think about the virtual route? Or are you thinking like, I mean, the, right. the virtual route is just it's, it's not the same as the in-person thing. Well, well, how are you thinking? How are you approaching this currently? Yeah, and that, this is the thing. One, one of the things that I, I would really love people to to hear first is whatever, wherever you you're at right now, that's okay. Because one of the problems right now, it's either like, okay, you got to pivot and do, and create all this new product, and if you're just in a point of just survival right now, and you're going to feel guilt about not doing being productive. That is not a good thing. But if your other side of things, which is if you feel better about things by being productive, then you do that. There is no one hard, fast rule to get through this type of issue going through this whole pandemic that we're dealing with. Okay, so we have an one issue when it comes to that, whatever your normal is you've made right now, that's fine. That should be okay. Yeah. We haven't pivoted to virtual yet because there's but here's the thing. It's a privilege that we haven't had to force pivot to virtual right now. We have a bit of a runway that we can we can wait, and we haven't put anything out right now because we don't feel it's the right time for our audience. That's not that's not to say that is not a comment on people who have been putting out content. Yeah. That is about us and where we're looking and what we feel is right for our audience and for us because we have to take that into account too. We're not speakers. We're humans. We're yeah. humans that have been that have been that have been told to help humanity. We need to stay here. And this is the deal we're doing. But then it's a whole new world. This isn't working from home. Yeah. This is about staying home and trying to find a way if we can do work or not. This is staying home and trying to figure out that we're actually elementary school teachers now and to find out all of these type of things right. that whatever you're doing right now to cope with what's going on, that, do that. Yeah. And don't feel guilty about not doing those things. And we haven't pivoted to it yet, but we will. I think we will. One of the things that we looked at how revenue, like our entire revenue base right now is my keynotes. Yeah. We're a family of seven. And we have seven people, five, like, you know, from 13 to, to 23 in this household. You know, yeah. we have a we have a, a commitment to do this. So the runway only goes so far and you never want to wait till your end of your runway to try to take off. Right. And right. so we're planning this, but we're planning it with some strategy. But but this is a privilege. And I, I just I think that a lot of times a virtual answer isn't the same as an in-person answer. Um, 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 Brian Fanzo, who, who who commented on here too, mm -hmm. has been great at showing that it's not the same thing, right? It's not the same thing. And I, I appreciate that compliment, Brian. Um, but it's not the same thing. Okay, it's not that virtual is not the same as a keynote, and it's a different way. And and you can't be just tr you have to get your reps in. Just as I know you're um, a proponent of this too, Grant. That it's uh, you need your reps. You got to get yeah. reps in. And if you and I, I know you've done you've done more talks than I have in your career, and you know those reps are what make you 
that person on stage, that comfort, that, that, that connection with the audience. And then we go to virtual, you don't get to transfer those reps necessarily from the stage to your desk. Yeah. Right. It's a different rep. It's a different workout. It's a different muscle that we're trying to do. And we have to understand that it's a different thing. A lot of times these, these webinars are more of a transfer of skills and knowledge, not necessarily, you're not kicking something off like a keynote or setting the tone. Like people are like, they're, they're, they're people are booking virtual, but it's for a lot of times it's a transfer of skills. Okay. What to do right. next, how to handle this. And people are trying to sometimes squeeze this topic from over here into here. And that's not necessarily true, but we also have all these other skill sets yeah. that aren't necessarily our main talk or our main keynote that might be more applicable right now. The, uh, when, it, when, with a lot of speakers who are transitioning and starting to try to do more virtual things and even companies and events being more open to it, uh, do you think that this is just like a temporary band aid that everyone's like, ah, let's scramble for virtual right now because we don't have a lot of other options? Or do you think like people are gonna be like, eh, it's not the same, but maybe it's simpler. Uh, maybe we don't have to have that meeting after all. Maybe it's a uh, less, it's, it's more cost effective. Um, certainly trade-offs. You and I are guys that like, we thrive on, on humor and story and interaction with the audience. And you just, you, you cannot, you cannot uh, translate that into a virtual environment where you're sitting in your house right now. I'm sitting in my house right now. However many people are watching or listening right now, like we, we lose the energy of that, of that experience. So mm -hmm. do you think that virtual speaking is going, is, is here to stay, or is this just kind of a, a, a passing fad? I think the answer is, a, is in the middle somewhere that forcing people down a certain road makes them see that road. Mm -hmm. But also we are very, we are very, uh, the only thing we're very adaptable with is not being flexible. Like we, we, so we don't, we, we also like the, the old ways, like what are people are talking about right now is going back to it. One of the things that now there's the problem. One of the things right now is that a lot of people are comparing this to, you know, the recession or, 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 or nine 11 where, you know, the travel was shut down and we had less meetings. And the problem was with something with, and again, this is just very a light comparison because it's a different situation, but with nine 11, it was, a, it was an instance. It was a, a an yeah. event. And they're like, shut it down and people, and then we feel, feel safe and people are coming in and, you know, they're changing security things, but this is a, a different thing. This is months of being at home and it makes people forced. It, it's, it's the same question as saying, do you think now is everybody going to work from home in the future? Because mm -hmm. right now that's more than even events, right? It, companies are being forced to do what a lot of their workers have been telling them they wanted to do forever, you know, is to be able to work from home and save the commute and do all these things. So I think there's a there's a middle here. I think it will be able to do somewhat events, but the most powerful part about events isn't even us. Mm -hmm. The speakers aren't the powerful part of events. It's the connection of the attendees. That's why they hold these things. It's why they yeah. they have these things. And uh, and uh, here goes the dogs for a second. So please, talking you about at home, you know. <laughs> but yeah, Allison's Allison's back from our biweekly grocery shop. So the dogs are. She's the one. You know, they love her. So you have this issue about that. I, I don't, I think there's going to be a new normal, but I don't think it's going to be entirely different from, from everything, yeah. which is, I think somewhat that they can do certain gigs, certain things. I think the regional stuff will also be the, uh, maybe be quicker to come back because there's smaller groups and there's smaller uh, budgets and they're a little more flexible in stuff. But I think this has opened it up a bit. I think that's a good thing. I think traveling less is good for the world. It's good for the environment. It's bad for my business. But but that's not the point. The point is it makes the world a better place if we can hop on a little, you know, even for me, I would yeah. rather hop on some less airplanes. Not like this. But, you know, this is like, I remember a year and a half ago, I'm like, I'm doing too many gigs, which is the worst thing in life to say. 
Right. But I'm like, it's too many. And I'm just like, no, I just want, like, I'm, I'm giving a speech on my front porch today. You know, nobody signed up for it yet, but <laughs> I need to do it. Like I made, we had a, we had the, 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 um, the cedar last, the cedar last night, um, uh, with Allison's family and we had everybody on the iPad and I was reading one of the, one of the pages and I'm like, I need a round of applause first, please. <laughs> like I need some kind of, because I'm speaking, we get two rounds of applause when you walk out, when you walk right. off, you know, and I need that. I need both. And I didn't get the exit applause. So I'm going to bring <laughs> that up today, but I think there's a new normal, but I don't think it's going to be darkly new when it comes to this type of stuff. But it's, I, I do really like the fact that people are showing how we can do this without having to go places. Uh, our speaker friend, uh, Carrie Lorenz asked, uh, or just brought this up, totally different skill set, talking about the virtual thing, uh, to rush to that could be uh, brand damaging in the long run. So to that end, I'm curious for speakers right now who are, who are feeling a bit scrambled just from a financial perspective of going, none of us saw this coming and maybe I have some runway, but not nearly as much runway as I'm going to potentially need in the future. So how are we, like, how would you advise speakers right now to be making decisions that is, is bringing income in and providing for the family, but not making like these, these, like throwing the baby out with the bathwater and just like, oh, I'm going to you know, remodel my entire business. It's like, hang tight, take a deep breath. Let's, you know, let, let's take some precautions of what we need to do today. But like, don't like, you don't have to completely pivot your entire business based on this. So how would you advise a, a speaker to be thinking about both the, the short term of what needs to happen today, but also the long term and not making rash decisions? Make short term budget changes and keep them long term. It's, it's such a, it's, it's like we, this is not about, this is not speaking business, right? This is business. Yeah. And business is very simple. You either increase revenue or decrease expenses. And when the revenue is not coming in, there's the only other way to make your runway longer is to decrease the expenses. What we lived off of two months ago is greatly different than what I am living off of right now. And that's the thing is, and then we're going through this. And since it's an extended period of time, you're like, I can deal with this, right? I can live like certain points like this where we didn't have to. We went through all of our thing, all of our credit statements, turning off even the small things, all those things add up to how long your runway is. And then once this, your plane takes off again, then you can still keep it just like saying virtual is, is it here to stay or not? Well, budgeting, is it here to stay or not? We have to be smart with this type of stuff. And this is a big lesson. And this is the same thing that happened to me in, in the recession in 08, 07. And I, but I wasn't smart about it leading up to it. This one, I still wasn't hundred percent smart, but what we can't do right now, what I beg of you to do right now is not to have hindsight regret. Not to have that hindsight of 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 you're judging your decisions based on the information you have now on a decision you made a month ago. Yeah. It's not going to do anybody any good. This stuff is updating, changing, shifting daily, hourly sometimes with some information. So what you can't do is saying, I'm going to go, I, I can't believe what I decided a month ago. Yeah. You know, six weeks ago, I'm ready to get on a plane and I'm doing seven gigs in March. Five days before a gig in Wisconsin, it was still on. Yeah. So like you, you really can't beat yourself because we're adults and we're like, we're supposed to be doing these things. No, nobody has dealt with this. Nobody was ready for this type of thing, but it's smart to make decisions now that work during this and after this. Right. And that's about budgeting. That's about looking at things because contracts are going to change, looking at contracts coming in when they do come in about deposits, because that they're all getting scared as well because of what's just happened we're all going through this and there's this domino effect in our industry an event pulls if the hotel holds the contract hostage and tries to keep all the money that hurts the association which then hurts the members but if the hotel doesn't have that money they lay off people and it hurts the catering staff and it hurts this and it's like it just goes the event industry has such a trickle effect to economies that um we're just one of those parts of it yeah 
and we have to make those decisions based on businesses. I just, I really want speakers right now to behave like businesses. And in a business crisis, what do we do, right? We reduce expenses and look for other avenues of revenue. And maybe that's your new normal. Maybe mine is not a five-figure keynote multiple times a month. Maybe it's, so what we're looking at right now is I'm saying, where are, where are my low-hanging fruit when it comes to potential revenue a little bit down the road? Yeah. And for us, it's a, it's a brand partnership, which we've done in the past. What have I done in the past that works well, that has testimonials, which has stuff that I can have credibility with? Well, it's like having sponsorships with our, sh our show and our, our lives and doing this. So it's not necessarily us taking our product and converting it to live. It's saying, hey, we can do this for your brand, actually. And one of the first comments in here um, was really important. Uh, um, Marcel says the virtual expos will, will be a thing. Speakers will still find work, which is a great point but you have to look at it differently. Okay, because I, I agree with Marcel in here, but you have to understand this point here is that you, you would pitch your services to a virtual expo, but I wouldn't pitch it to the association. Where you'd go after is you look at the places that are right now still trying to fill their, their, their funnel, their leads. So you look at an event, an association event that has a trade show. Those vendors, those sponsors still need leads for their business because their business isn't based on events, yeah. right? But their lead generation can be. So what we're looking at doing is going to some of the sponsors that we have relationships with and say, hey, if it, you still need the leads in the funnel, we can do a sponsored webinar for you. We can do a sponsor thing. We're either to your lead list that's a warm lead or to the general public and you can push it out there, but trying to get those booth trade show type of things, because those trade show booths are ones usually that have the bigger budgets and they still have business outside of event-based stuff, which is really important. Right. So I'm curious to that end of, of, as you're saying, okay, I, all of a sudden I don't have any events uh, and I need to be thinking through some other ways that I can continue to serve and support uh, clients that I either I've worked with in the past or some events that have been postponed or rescheduled or still up in the air. How are you approaching some of these conversations with clients um, from two perspectives? One, again, knowing that like I, I need to make revenue today or in the very, very near future. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to, you know everyone that I'm potentially reaching out to to make a financial buying decision for my product or service is also feeling this, which is, again, one of the unique things. It's not like, wow, uh, you know, a, a, a hurricane hit, you know, New Orleans or something. No, no, this is affecting the world, you know. So how are you having some of these conversations of saying, hey, here's other ways I can provide value, but at the same time being sensitive and aware and not tone deaf of like, okay, this is affecting them too. So how are you kind of approaching some of those conversations? It's it's a, it's a it's a gut check, right? When your gut's saying, oh, this might be too soon, you know, you want to listen to it necessarily that the problem is, again, it's a statement of privilege that we're not putting those messages out, right? You know what I'm doing right now? I'm reaching out to my contacts and asking how they're doing. Yeah. How are you all handling this? How, and not about pitching stuff, not about this. It's about saying, hey, because I built that relationship and I give a damn about them. We're connected on LinkedIn and Facebook. I see their posts all the time and they're celebrating their kid's soccer trophy. And, the, and it says it's reaching out. Yeah. And this isn't, this is about saying I can do something. So what I've been doing is especially with the events that really clicked that, you know, you just, you, you know, those gem events that just totally. like you, you walk off, you're like, I, can I just come back next week again? Like, it's I just so, want to do this one over and over and over, over and over again. And so I looked at like the five events last year that were yeah. just like my, oh, my heartwarming ones that you just like, this is why I do it. And I reached out and said, Hey, yeah. um, how are you all doing? And they're like, is this, and I look at the messaging they're being telling their people, their employees and stuff. And I said, could I record a video? for the crew, for the team, for the employees, um, just to say, hey, and say, hey, you know, um, just, 
you know, stay strong. And, and if, if it's in my wheelhouse, right, this isn't about, I'm not giving crisis counseling. I'm not doing this. It's that we recently, I was their keynote. Yeah. And so I have a connection with them and I can give them a little bit of humor or something if they want that. And, and every single one has been all cap excited to, yeah. for me to do that. This wasn't about me then sending them. This is not a strategy for me next week to send a message saying, huh? Now you want to hire me for virtual? It's about being human to each other. And, and then you also, you have to lose the pride. The pride of the fact that if you can have a government assistance right now that you can get, then you get it. Yeah. If you can do a remote job and be an employee, then you do it. Like this isn't about, well, I'm only a speaker. And I'm like, okay. You know, speaking is a hard business on a normal day. Right. Speaking is a tough industry when everything is good. Yeah. And so we can't like if, if I, who's, who's the most arrogant person about being a keynote speaker, that that's all I do. That's all I've ever done. And look at me, if I can admit that I am no longer a speaker, right. I'm an expert who used to get on stage and hopefully will in the future, then I, then you can, then your brain pivots from what can my knowledge do to help others? And therefore I could potentially make revenue from it. Yeah. 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 This uh, you kind of alluded to the you know 2007 2008 recession uh, that certainly affected the speaking industry. You, you know before that there was 9/11. There uh, we will get through this. It's not a matter of, of right. if but when. Events yeah. will come back. They may look yeah. slightly different, but yeah. uh, there will be uh, another side to this. Uh, so what are the lessons that you hope speakers learn from this that they shift that they adapt in their business going forward? So next time this hits, because this will be a next time, whether it looks to this scale or a, a slightly smaller scale or a bigger scale, something like this will happen again in the future and it will affect speakers. What do you hope are the lessons that speakers learn and, and apply in the future? Build your platform off stage. That you just, it's such a big, you have got to dig that well. And when you only are a speaker, like you go to your site and it's just speaker, that the problem is then you, you, we only need you when I need a speaker, yeah. right? To be a leader in a topic, to be an expert who speaks, that's where you want to build it. And the problem right before this, right, when you speak and you speak for other companies, especially, it's almost like selling a book on Amazon. You leave, you have no way of getting in touch with them again, yeah. right? They buy a book on Amazon. I got no way to get in touch with them again. Yeah. And so the goal and what I've been doing the past few years building up has been to build that list from the stage, doing the text to sign up, building that warm list. So now when I reach out to them, their audience becomes, some of them has become part of my, my followers, my subscribers. Right. And so when this is all said and done, treat yourself as a business. You've got a, a virtual funnel, you've got a following because the only time we look at that a lot of times is if, if we're launching a book or we're launching a video, or now we're launching a webinar and we wish we had lists for that. Treat the future when we when when this is all said and done and i agree with you things will come back and events will the question is when on the calendar they will yeah. but still treat the importance of building your list and your expertise as your number one priority after this is all said and done as well and i mean email list it's not a i'm but i i started in social i'm still a a a fairly influential social media person i have a large following on, on a lot of the platforms and i will still take a thousand email addresses that opted in and signed up after hearing me speak, then 10,000 followers on another platform. Yeah. 
Let me ask you this to wrap up here. Uh, there's a lot of speakers who are watching or listening right now who are just scared. You know, they're yeah. just nervous of, of this is my world and now it's yeah. gone. Uh, and this on both ends of the spectrum. You know, I've heard from speakers who are, um, you know, some of the top paid speakers in the industry who, you know, like you mentioned, have um, just tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars in fees that are just suddenly gone. Uh, and those who are early on in their career, you know, who yeah. are doing, a, you know, I had a handful of gigs and I was moving in the direction of, of building myself as a professional speaker and that's gone. And again, like we said, we all feel like, okay, optimistically, this is going to pass, but the, the challenge is we, we don't know. And so because of that, we find ourselves scared, nervous, fearful, anxious, worried. Yeah. What do you say to the speaker right now? Who's just, who's just worried. Who's just not sure yeah. how this is going to play out. Who's, who's anxious and scared. There's two, two, two pieces of advice I have. One, whatever you've done up to this moment and before this hit was not a waste. Okay, and I've heard that from a lot of people where they're just starting to get momentum. Momentum is very hard to build in speaking. And they're like, I was getting momentum, I was doing this, but it 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 doesn't mean that it's gone. When you come back, when you hit the stage again, it's not like you're starting again. You've had those reps, you built those relationships, and those were not all for naught. Yeah. Okay, so you haven't, there is no, there is no ending of momentum. It's paused. Okay, it's paused right now. So please have that you know, in your back pocket somewhere, because if once you think it's something's a waste, then it just eats away at you. And then you get that again. And it's something that we just, we can't have to do that. And the second part is, yeah, I'm, I'm worried too. I, I'm freaking out too. I'm, I have good moments and bad moments. I, you know, two days ago, I had six different mood swings, like in, in the waking hours. Like I, 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 and I've been a, a crumbling ball, a mess crying. You know, these like it, 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 whatever you're feeling right now, that's it. Okay. That's okay. And, and that you also know that this will eventually change. Yeah. We will get back, but act like you have it now. Stay the heck home if you're not essential services and work on seeing what you can do then to give to help. And we also control our own noise. That's a big part of this too, that I can spend eight hours in a day just scrolling Twitter, yeah. just scrolling Twitter. And I have to put the phone down. Sometimes. And I also don't want to not ever touch my phone. It also gives me some escape. But when you're saying this is all doom and gloom, we control that. We control who we follow. We control what we read. If you want to be on Twitter and still get a feeling of that escapism, then go to a list, go to a sub list and, and find something like look at athletes and being ridiculous. Look at, if you like the NBA, look, they're all playing, you know, 2k on their, on their playstations and Xboxes. They're going to do a horse, like escape that way. But because, but but don't be afraid to mute somebody. If maybe they're a relative and they're going off in a direction that is not helping your mental health, then mute them. The mute button is your greatest friend and ally at this point. Yeah. And plus, you don't have to see those people for you know your your for for Easter right now or for the, for Passover because you can just mute them virtually. It's great. I wish we could do that in person going forward, but we can't. <laughs> so it's that we're in this together. And as somebody who has tried to establish themselves as trying to lead part of the pack and speaking, I'm worried too. Sure. And that's okay. And that's natural. And if we weren't worried, we wouldn't love this industry. Totally. And it seems like on the other side of this, that this will, um, uh, I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but I think it, 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 um, it, it helps speakers who are really serious about this to come out on the other side, because there will be plenty of speakers who will not make it out on the other side. And that's not a knock against them in any way. They just decide this just isn't for me. This isn't what I signed up for. It's not worth it. Uh, But there'll be speakers who are like, man, this sucks. But like, I, if I can get through this, I'm, I can make it as a speaker. Uh, 
And so I think there'll be a lot of speakers who uh, just throw in the towel, who just decided it's it's not. And again, that's not a knock in any way, um, because again, we all have to uh, you know feed our families and eat right. and live indoors. So make decisions that make that make but, the most sense for you. But it's like announcing leaving Facebook. You don't you, you don't retire from speaking. You're just right. not doing it for a while. You can pick it up whenever you want. There's no yeah. there's no you know just final boom, and you're not doing that. It's it's simply that. Yeah. For now, it's not the right thing. If you might want to do it down the road, great, but that could be your choice down the road. And yeah. this industry is 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 kind of that way anyways, that you're a speaker right. when you say you are. And that's okay that you're not maybe doing it right now. And that's okay for me if that I just shift my identity in my head. And it was the changing of that identity was the hardest part for me. And that's yeah. should be okay. Yeah. Scott, we appreciate the uh, the kind words of wisdom and encouragement as we all look into the magic crystal ball and make our best <laughs> guess of how this is going to play out. Exactly. If uh, at this moment right now, while we are quarantined and we don't know when the next events are, any strategies, any tips on growing a man bun? If we wanted to pursue that, it looks good back there. Everybody's uh, like, "We're my hair's going to grow out. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is my natural state as well the man bun is you know what it's a tough thing to pull i don't pull it off it's a really tough thing to pull off so it looks have good. some fun with that hair though just do your thing next time i come on i'll do the i'll do the side part with it and i look like i'm right out of uh yes a poison or something like that it's it's brilliant but yes. not today not today not today well i think i think uh if you know, if we talk every uh, every month, every couple months or so, and we keep doing this, uh, the longer this goes, the weirder <laughs> we're all gonna look. Yeah, how do you think this is gonna look in a couple months from now? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna hey, start holding it over my face. Yeah. If uh, if people want to find out more about you, what you're up to, uh, where can we go? Uh, yeah, my mo most of my stuff's under the uh, banner of unmarketing, so that's pretty much every platform uh, we're on. And then Allison, my partner in crime, and luckily, luckily for me, my wife is. Also on those platforms, Allison or on Allison on Twitter or Allison Robin on Instagram. And then we're around. We're always accessible and available on all the platforms. And I'm happy to talk to anybody in speaking that wants to ask questions. Drop me a line. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate you, buddy. Anytime, man. All right. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Scott Stratton. Again, uh, I would encourage you to uh, to follow him, check out his work uh, online. He's extremely smart when it comes to all things speaking and marketing and just a, uh, again, all around great guy. Uh, as always, if there's anything we can do to help you, serve you, support you during this difficult time, please don't hesitate to reach out. Let us know. And uh, we appreciate you being here. All right. Keep your head up. Remember your message matters. You're awesome.